Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kimmick with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Sunday. It's Sunday morning. And we find ourselves in the midst of a pickle because here we are on a Sunday in the midst of a pandemic. And we're having rallies and outdoor situations in states where the coronavirus has spiked again. We also find ourselves in the midst of an unrest, a civil unrest. America is at war with itself. We find ourselves in a situation where our people are not happy. And large groups of our people, large segments of the population are not happy with business as usual, with the way things are being done. It's almost as if people are saying, I am not happy with how this is being done. And it's not business as usual. The protests evolved out of the George Floyd lynchings, public lynchings that we all watched and saw and could not believe. And it's not the first time that we have seen these. It's just that this time enough was enough. We had been sitting at home for a while and had some time to think about things and recognize that there are disparities in our society, that Black people face indiscriminate uh, violence not just from the police, but black people also face violence in other sectors. And so we sat down for a while and thought this was not enough. And the younger generation who were sent home from college because college had to shut down, came home, went home, and found that their parents and grandparents and cousins and community members were dying from a preventable illness called the coronavirus. It was largely preventable. But due to inequities and healthcare disparities, that they could not survive. Young people said enough was enough. These same young people are graduating from college with degrees and have seen family members and other members of their community with degrees, with degrees and still cannot find a well-paying job, but their white counterparts are prospering. They looked at the history of their parents and grandparents and realized that there's something wrong because my grandparents went through the same thing. My parents went through the same thing and now me <clears throat> and decided enough was enough. And for once, the society stopped to listen. It wasn't dismissed as well. They're just making more noise. It was just like, maybe they do have a point. Maybe we should listen. And as we listened, more stories became evident. And so we found, we're finding that there are more hidden stories of violence. We're finding that people are just fed up. We're still in the midst of a pandemic that we know is largely going to impact people of color. And so here we are, we're at this stage, this nexus, if you will, of societal change. And we're at this nexus of man's will. But where is God's will? In the midst of all of this. Man's will is that I'm going to have a rally because it makes me feel good. And I don't care if anybody gets sick from coronavirus. I'm going to do it anyway because it's what I want to do. Man's will is I don't think police officers should be held accountable who have done wrong things against the people they're supposed against innocent people. The police are supposed to protect and serve. And while in the execution of their duties, they are supposed to preserve the peace. But what about when they become the arbiters of violence? 
there's a disconnect there. And no one can defend that. It's indefensible now. And so that's man's will. Man's will is, man, I just want to live. And I'm at the top of the food chain. And I want to preserve my life and preserve my position at the top of the food chain. That's man's will. Man's will is come what may, coronavirus or not, everybody should go back to work. That's man's will. Man's will is a public lynching in Sacramento, California, in in California, on a busy street, on a city street, and nobody knows what happened to Robert Fuller. All the surveillance cameras just suddenly stopped working. That's man's will. So where's God's will? Well, my, my thing is, I think that God sometimes just sits back and watches. He did kind of lay the groundwork, the groundwork from the book of Genesis, how we should act and behave. But we didn't listen to that. We thought we knew better. So we went ahead and changed the script. And then we changed the script. And when we changed the, flip, the script and flipped the script, we have chaos. So this is God sitting back, just watching us go through this. When we get tired enough and still enough, then he's going to say, you ready to hear what I have to say? Do you want to hear what I have to say? Well, that's where we find ourselves this Sunday morning. I found myself searching after all, watching all of this. The, the borders between Canada and America is still closed. I'm a little concerned now. Before, I attributed it to the coronavirus. Canada has the coronavirus. There's no country on the face of the earth that has not experienced it. But this is America. Why is Canada insisting on closing their borders? And so I found myself wondering why. And in wondering why is Canada closing the border, I began to ask myself, what is really going on? What, what's going on? What's going on? Where's God's will? What does God wish for us? at this point. And I'm like, Lord, help me to understand what is God's will. Are we going to navigate these protests and arrive at a resolution that helps everyone? Or are we going to find ourselves in just in an uproar? How long is this going to last for? It's the middle of an election year. We're like five months out from an election in November. What's going to happen? So I find myself asking myself, what is going on? Where is God's will in the midst of this? So I found myself going back to the scriptures and going back to the prayer that God, that Jesus said, pray this prayer, the Our Father prayer, the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And while I was reading on that, I discovered this verse that really popped out and really spoke to me and resonated with me. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And this is what it says. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. So we're reading the Lord's Prayer. Check this out. It says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. If you read it in the King James Version, It says, thy will be done. At a very crucial time in our human history, it's not just in America, it's everywhere. 
In Europe, they have reopened the borders because everybody wants a resumption of normalcy. It's almost as if we want to go back to saying, you know what? I don't want to think about the coronavirus. It was horrible. It killed many people. It killed large sectors of our population and segments of our population. People are just gone and just gone. We're grieving. We're mourning. But in the midst of grief, we as humans, we strive to reach for something. We strive to hang on to something that is going to keep us, give us hope for continued survival. We're human after all. That's really what it is about, is survival. How do we survive this virus? And our situation is not being helped by the fact that the experts in this, suddenly we have always thought science was important, but now we're recognizing that science is equally more important than we thought because the experts in this are saying that, you know something? This is going to be a problem for a while. So while there is summer, while the sun is still shining, it's almost as if we're hell-bent on capturing as much off the fake optimism that the sun gives. We, we look up to the sun and we are like, well, well, as long as the sun shines, we're okay. Well, the coronavirus started in winter and we couldn't see the sun, so that may have helped with why they shut the place down so much. Here in Michigan, for instance, we are having reduced cases of deaths of coronavirus, but there are still infections. What is happening is that the state, because they closed down so quickly and so irrevocably, we managed it much better. There are other states who said, well, it's not a problem for us because they were looking through the eyes of color and imagining that it's only going to impact a part of the population, so it's not going to impact them. So yes, the coronavirus may have exposed some elements of our humanity that we don't like, but at the end of it all, we're still human. We still want to do some things we want to do. In the summer, we go to outdoor activities and outdoor festivals. We even have church outdoor. We go golfing. We go uh, camping. We go swimming. We go tennis playing. We travel. We go overseas. We take vacations with our family during the summer. We go to Disney World, Disneyland. We go to Paris. We go to Hong Kong. We go everywhere, but nobody can go to Hong Kong for a while because where China took over, so that, 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 that's gone. I wouldn't suggest you go to Hong Kong for a while. I would not suggest it. You may just find yourself in trouble. Do not do it, right? But here we are. We can't go to France. We can't go to Italy. We can't go anywhere. We can't go to the rest of Europe. We can't go, we can't go on a safari in Africa. I wouldn't go to Africa right now. You <laughs> go there in, in the fall, late fall and so on. But here we are. We find ourselves. We can't, so we are resuming normalcy almost as if nothing happened. It's like if we can rush to it, we would erase the fact that nothing happened. But can I just ask this question? What you got to do when September and October rolls around? We're going to have a connection. The, the nexus between the flu season and the coronavirus is inevitable. Matter of fact, my daughter is going to school, is going to college this year, and they have already notified us that School will officially close, college will officially close on November 25th and won't reopen until January due to the coronavirus. That's the going thing right now. It could change as the rate of infection approaches. So again, the question is, where is God's will? Well, let me back up just a little bit and show you why we're not seeing God's will. It's because of ourselves. We have nobody else to blame but ourselves. We took control of this situation. We said, we don't need God. We can handle this. We can take this over. We, we are smart people. We can handle this. So we sat back and we decided we were going to take the reins of our existence and we were going to control it. After all, aren't we smart people? 
did we not send men to the moon? Did we not send off shuttles and send off rockets for crying out loud? Don't we have computers in our hands now? We're so smart. We can handle this. But then a virus came that crippled the entire world. And we came to a full bloody stop and could not go any further because we realized there are some things that are just out of our control. This is one of them. So now we have to go back to the script. We have to go back to the originator. We have to go back to beyond basics and say, thy will be done. And it's scary because we're so used to having control of our situations. You know, it's one of those things that when you look at it, I'm going to be honest with you as a human being, it, 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 it explains in a lot of cases why we don't get married as much as we used to and why we don't stay married. Because everybody wants to be in control of their own existence. Everybody wants to have a say. You ever notice when two people, they say they fall in love, blah, 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 and then they, you put them in a house to live, and then all hell breaks loose. Because one person is fighting for supremacy. It's my will. Well, I'm important too. Even if it is to the detriment of the existence of both, guess what we do? We're going to fight to the death. It's going to be detrimental to the children. It's going to be detrimental financially. But we're still going to fight because I got to have my say. I got to my will has got to be done. After all, I am the boss. I am the main breadwinner. I go to work every day. But I have a say too. And we destroy our lives because I want my will to be done. You have one person who is running a country, and everybody says, that's not the right thing to do. And he says, oh, no, you don't get to tell me what to do. I am the man. I am the king. I am who determines what happens. If I say we go to a rally, we're going to go to a rally, irrespective, because it's my will. It's our ego. And so what we did was we replaced the will of God with our ego. Not because God did not have a track record to prove that he's a good God. Not because God didn't have a track record to prove that he's safety. Not because God didn't have a track record to prove deliverance. Not because God doesn't have a track record to prove love. Not because God doesn't have a track record to prove provision. But in our ego and in our haste to prove to others and to prove to everybody, in our ego, we had to reign in supremely and become the supreme one in our homes, in our businesses. How many of us have ruined lives because of our ego? Just, just, no, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand because it might just make, it, it might just embarrass you. It might just make you feel bad. But how many of us have ruined businesses? How many of us have ruined relationships because of our ego? Because we had to be in control. How many of us? We're not even talking about the other parts of our nature that have jealousy and hatred and violence. We're not talking about that. We're just talking right now about our will. The will of God is not for us to experience distress, but we live in a world where there is somebody else who is going to cause distress. You and I can be sitting up here right now, and we're not planning anything to go wrong, but there's some other dude somewhere, some other girl somewhere, who is, and another dude that, who is sitting there and just says, you know what, they're having it too good. Let me go over there and challenge them. Let me go over there and create and stir up some stuff so that they, and you're sitting there saying, but I'm in the will of God. Stay in the will of God because the will of God will come find you. If you succeed, if you just give up in, in insurance, they call it subrogate. If you subrogate your rights and subrogate your will and say, Lord, let thy will be done, God will perform it. 
you we, we listen to me very carefully. We're at that stage now where we must succumb our will to the will of God. Do you have a choice right now? Many of us are wishing for an election that is going to change the face of politics. Because the way it's looking right now, pretty soon we might not be able to come out of our homes. We might be put in camps because it's somebody else's idea. We might be put in cages. We might be locked up for no reason because it's somebody else's idea. So we're wishing for an election. Do you have any control over it? Yes, they're telling you to go out and vote. And yes, go out and vote. But do you really? No. So what do you say when you get to this point? You say, thy will be done. They say, go back to work. But you go back to work and everybody's getting sick. And they're telling you that they're uh, cleaning the place and so on. But the infectious rates are still going up. People are still dropping dead. They're not telling us the numbers. They're lying to us about the numbers. Trust me. They are lying to us about the numbers because if they really tell us the numbers, we would all stay in our homes. They are lying. But they have because the the government, especially the people who are running your city and your state, they are encouraged and supported by big money. So big money is telling them, you better say not talk about these numbers because I want my business to go. Otherwise, I'm not going to fund you for re-election. What do we say who are caught up in the midst of this? You say, thy will be done. Oh, Lord, make sure you are telling God and you're not telling men. Make sure when you say, thy will be done, that you are telling God, thy will be done. Because we got to be careful now because there are so many wills out there. Everybody has a will. The mayor has a will. The governor has a will. The president has a will. The military has a will. Jesus, I rule the day. Rule the day when the military really says, you know what? It's time we just take control of this mess. The whole country is in an uproar. No wonder Canada closed their borders. They're like, we don't want people running from America to come over here. So they shut their borders down. You've got to look beyond the pale. There has got to be a national security reason for Canada to close its border. It has nothing to do with the coronavirus. It has everything to do with the fact that the way people from the outside are looking at this is that this is going and trending to a place that is going to be nefarious for the rest of us. So you know what the rest of us have to do? Is that will be done. I got a text message the other day from a relative who said, maybe we have to go find somewhere, some other country to go live in. And I'm like, I don't know where to go. Canada closed its borders. We can't go there. We can't travel anywhere. I'm like, you know something? I'm staying right here in the fight. I'm staying right here in the mix. But while I'm at it, I'm going to say, thy will be done, O Lord. He did teach us. Did he not teach us in Matthew chapter 6 how to pray? What did Jesus say? He said, when you pray, pray according to this. That means that's the prayer that God is going to hear. Have you ever been in a pickle anytime? Have you ever found yourself in a situation and you ever find yourself saying, you're so desperate. You're, it's like driving on the streets on ice. You ever been in that one? Let, let me just put that out there. You, you're driving on the street on ice and you feel the car starts getting. What's the first thing you say? You say, oh, God. The shortest prayer. You say, oh, Lord, Jesus, the shortest prayer. And suddenly the car turns around and everything is normal. You ever been in a pickle? You get pulled over by the police. If you're black, you can identify. You get pulled over by the police and you're like, Jesus, help me now. That's what God is saying to us. Jesus said, the Father says, pray according to this wise. Our Father who art in heaven, 
Hallowed be thy name. You know what hallowed means? Hallelujah. 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 It means bow down. I honor your name, Father. I honor your name. As I come into this place to pray, I honor your name. And he says, thy will be done. Why? Because at the end of the day, that's the supreme will. All kinds of stories are floating around the internet. The latest one is that they're finding alien, intelligent alien life on other planets. This is me now. You know something, the Bible did kind of talk about that in Revelation, but we just couldn't understand it. You know how we talked about some kind of stuff coming out of the sea and stuff coming out of the air? And, and people went and interpreted it and said, oh, that, that's that black, what, what's that helicopter? The Black Hawk helicopter. It's war they're talking about. No, it was alien invasion they were talking about. Go read Revelation. <laughs> just simply put, I mean, when, when you think about it, I'm like, oh, when I saw the stories this week, I was like, oh, is that what Revelation was really talking about? It was the alien invasion. That's why we could never understand it. So now they're talking about intelligent life on other planets. And I'm like, whoa, that's a big one because we don't have any military weapons that can fight aliens. So uh, sucks to be us. Thy will be done, Jesus. But he gave us, he gave us the blueprint. We just ignored it. He gave us, we have so many divorces because we ignored the blueprints he gave us for healthy relationships. He said, be married and stick to that one person. Didn't he say that? In the book of Malachi, he said one wife. So many of us, we have multiple partners, multiple wives, multiple husbands, create confusion, all kinds of interconnectedness. You ever notice that? You have different children. The children have issues. They hate this one because the mothers hate this one, right? We have different partners because we, we, we ignore the blueprint because we started living according to our flesh, what we want. What we want is to be happy. Whatever triggers us, that's what we're going to ride with. There's a show on TV you all probably watched, The 600-Pound Life. Have you ever watched it, My 600-Pound Life? It examines the stories of, 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 of obese folks people who weigh more than 500 pounds. First of all, that I think 500 pounds is a ton. It's like, no, it's 1,000 pounds is a ton, right? So imagine a human being weighing that much. And I, I started to have issues because I said, it's, it's not that we used to eat steak and eggs and nobody was obese. Anybody, but they came and told us that uh, it blocks your arteries and foolishness. But you ain't dying from weighing 600 pounds. Look how many people weigh three and 400 pounds when we were eating protein all day. Nobody was getting fat. And they came and told us, so now people eat a high-carb diet. And it, we're not as active as we were in an agrarian society because we're no longer an agrarian society where we walk and plant and work in the farm. And as I look at it, I said to myself, no, Jesus, talk to me about this. And when they send the, the folks who are trying to lose weight, right, to therapy, all kinds of stuff come out. People have all kinds of issues. They were, they are, uh, you know, their folks were divorced and all kinds of stuff happened. But something stuck out at me. You know, I had to look at it from a day. I said, well, food is an addiction, but so is drugs, so is alcohol, so is sex. We could write a litany of things, right? And I said, but what are all those things? What's the common denominator in all of that? Guess what? Choice. We choose to take drugs. Because we say what? I can handle it. My will. I can handle drugs. They tell you, don't take the first draw, the first draw of a split. Don't they tell you? Don't take the first draw of a blunt. 
but you still do because you say you can handle it. They tell us, don't take the first sniff of a cocaine. But what do we say? We can handle it. It's my will. That's what I want. My, what, what I want translates to my will. They tell men, when you are talking to females, don't look from the neck down. It will preserve you. But what do you do? You look them up and down. You look them up and down. And so the body goes where the mind goes. And as the body goes where the mind goes, your life is turned upside down, destroyed. Same thing with women. Oh, he cute. He cute. But does he have a bank account? Does he have, does he have a record that he can keep you and your children? No, but you still win. He cute. He cute. So you, your will and what I want. After all, I'm entitled to it. It's what I want. I can do what I want. Your will. Same thing with food. It's what I want. So you keep shoveling food into your mouth. Same thing with drink. It's what I want. My will. You just keep drinking. You know it's bad for you. You know it's going to shut your liver down someday. You know that you know that you know it's going to give you cirrhosis of the liver, but you're still going to do it anyway. It's going to compromise your lung capacity. It's going to compromise how your kidneys function. It's going to give you, bring you diabetes, but you're still going to do it anyway. They have already tainted the food supply, but we're still fooling around with what we put in our body. We still won't eat properly or drink because it's my will. They tell you, get married after a certain age. It's better for you. But it's my will. It's what I want. I saw a guy on my Facebook page recently posting a picture. He's 53, and he claims he's in a midlife crisis. He's holding a bottle of liquor in his hand and what looks like a gun. It could have been a toy gun in the other hand. And he says he's having a midlife crisis. At 53, do you know you're wrong? You haven't grown up yet. You're still a man. You're still a child man. You're a man child. 53 is a little late for you to be having a midlife crisis. That shit was over at 45. Come on now. That should have been over at 45. A friend of mine told me years ago that he never went through a midlife crisis because before he makes a decision, he studies it. He says, I never act impulsively. He says, no, I don't use my impulses. I, I, I don't. So he never had a midlife crisis. So he said when he watched his buddies who had been married for years, Suddenly, they turn 45, and suddenly, they want to go check out a 21-year-old, destroy their marriage, destroy their lives, and they have to start all over again. The wealth that they had accumulated, they had to split it up in a divorce. Then they have to go start from scratch at 45. He says, that never happened to me. I did not follow my impulses. He had impulse control. That's what God is trying to tell us. Jesus gave us the blueprint. He was saying, control your impulses. Right now, we're all out there. Oh, 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 I'm right. You're wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm right. We're not controlling our impulses. We're saying my will. It's what I want. And what I want and it's my will lead us against the will of God. It's not the will of God. It never was. Now, we need to bring attention to the issues. We need to bring attention to what is going on. But let me just ask you this question. Have we stopped to think, where is this all going to end? We're militant about it. But where is it going to end? In Detroit, they had a discussion. I think it's, if it hasn't happened yet, it's about to happen, where people are going to ask city officials, what exactly do you plan to do going forward about this? Here is what we think should be done. We should be engaged in the process. We need to start thinking about this, y'all, because it was our will 
And now I think it's going to go somewhere else where it is not the will of God for us to go. We got to be absolutely careful. My will and what I want. Just think about it. I can show you instances of my will. The other day I was saying to my children that there were times when I wished I could have gotten what I wanted. I was never lucky enough to get what I wanted. In fact, I cried recently. I think it was about a year ago because I told myself I never got what I wanted. I didn't give myself the benefit of the doubt because I was always looking out for my children. If it weren't them, I was looking into other people. And before you know it, you pass a whole lifetime. And you're like, oh, my God, what happened here? I never got what I wanted. I don't know. I hope God blessed me somehow. That might be you out there saying it's the same thing with me. You never got what you wanted. I see some. I see you all on Facebook. There's one person in particular. I see them in a, you know, she's living her best life. She's living exactly what she wants, my will. And I'm like, you better watch that. You better watch that posing with that liquor. Better watch all that partying. After we get to a certain age, we need to stop that foolishness. I know some of us in our later years are living on what we never got to do at 18 and 19 because maybe at 18 and 19 we had to be responsible. We had to raise children. We had to take care of parents. So you turn to 40 and it's like, oh, my God, life is running away from me. Let me try and catch up. But at a certain age, you have to come to a moment and a realization that you have to stop. It's like that guy on my Facebook page who is 53 but still running wild. Many of you don't even have a wife. You run from pillar to post. One, two, three. Your will, it's going to cut off one day. And it's not going to be good. And God is just going to sit there and watch you. I said, what up? What up? That was not my will for your life. In 1998, I was married to a man who was very abusive. I now lived in America. At the time, I lived in Florida. And I came to the realization that this was not what God wanted for me. I didn't know much about God at the time. In terms, you know, you grew up in church and you went to Sunday school and so on. You know what I mean? I was learning my way through faith. And I found myself saying, this could not have been what God wanted for me. I started out life with promise. I mean, I, you know, I was smart. I had a lot in front of me. They always told me, my grandmother used to tell me and the folks around me that I could go far because I was smart. I could do great things. And I found myself, I was 30. And I said, this cannot be the end of my life with a man beating me up. He said he loved me, but he was beating me up. How is that possible? I had a dream one night. I kid you not. And the Lord said, that was not the husband I chose for you. That's not the husband I chose for you. Get out of this marriage. 1998, I have better for you. Still waiting. Been 20 years, right? 22 years now. Still waiting. I kid you not. And I had to look at it and say, that could be right. Because how could it be the will of God? For someone to tell you they love you, but they beat you up. Can't be. That was my will. That was me taking reins of my life and saying, I want this because he looked safe. I want this because he was tall and good looking. I want, don't judge me. I want this because it looks like it would be okay. I can, I can handle that. I can change that around. Love conquers all, right? 
Instead, he beat me up within an inch of my life. I had to go write a book, y'all, through the fire. Still took me 20 years, y'all. I made one mistake, and it took 20 years to recover. Are you hearing me? One mistake. It took 20 years. Please, I'm begging you. Whatever decisions you're going to make, make sure it's according to the will of God. Because if you find yourself, even as we are right now at this moment in our country, this tipping point where we are doing all kinds of stuff, we're tempting fate. We're tempting fate. We are tempting fate, America. It's not the will of God. Because this leads nowhere good but martial law. This leads nowhere good but extended curfews. This leads nowhere good but more people are locked up. We've got to get people to the table and get them engaged in our process. Use that process of conflict resolution. Because this that we are doing right now, I have come to accept it's not good. I'm telling you, it's not good. It's not going to a good place. The police are wrong for beating people up and killing people indiscriminately. They need to be held accountable, the officers who do it, and the establishment behind them that supports them. It is wrong. It was wrong then, and it is still wrong. But we have to fire those officers and get rid of the establishment that supports them. And how we're going to do that is voting them out and getting to the table. But right now, we're tempting fate. This is not the will of God. We're headed towards an election. We want a peaceful process. Are you hearing me? We want a peaceful process. We do not want to arrive in November at war. You don't want that. Trust me. We need to change it. Let thy will be done. Yes, I don't like it either. I am tired of it. I don't want to drive out. And I have to worry about being pulled over by the police. To hell with that. That's for the skittles. I don't want to see another black face being murdered by the police. That needs to stop. But my friends, we're not the majority. We're the minority. And they have the power. The power is in the hands of the majority. And right now, behind closed doors, they're enacting laws. They're about to pass them. You're not going to know they're passed. They're just going to be enacted. This is not the will of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like me, on, the, on my wedding day, when I was getting married to that man, I heard a voice that don't do it. Three people in my life whom I trusted came to me and said, don't marry this man. It was my, what did I say? You know it. It was what I want. It's my life and it's my will. It's what I want. Took me 20 years to recover. Along the way, I was beaten, (laughs) practically rendered homeless, left destitute with nothing, not even $500. He made sure I had nothing. When the house was finally sold, I got not even $60. I didn't even get $6,000. I didn't get $60,000. I didn't got nothing. Nothing left me destitute. And with a child to raise. Then he declared himself indigent so that I would never, he'd never have to pay to raise his own child. I struggled for years because what? I wanted 
my will. And I know you're looking at me and you're like, Harriet, you look so fine. You look so well. It's the grace of God that kept me. When I realized what I had done, that I had surrendered my will to a man and surrendered my will to myself, and I could not be the holder of my will, that's what happened to me. So I surrendered my will to God. I said, Lord, from now on, I won't choose anybody. You choose for me. And if someone comes into my life and they're not what you want, I give up my will and subrogate my will to the will of the Holy Spirit. You can take them out, Jesus. Take him out. Because I don't want to ever go through that. America, we're at that point. My people, we're at that point. We need to say now, let thy will be done. We've done the marching. We've done the protesting. Now they're aware that we know that you are doing the wrong thing. Now we need to let the will of God be done. Trust God in this. We got to trust God in this. I know it doesn't look that way. I know you are worried about the outcome of the election because you're like, they might steal the election again. Don't worry about it. Thy will will be done. God's will is going to be done. I know you're worried about going back to work and you don't know if you won't get the coronavirus. There's so many things that could go wrong. Let thy will be done. There are people in Detroit right now. By the 1st of July, there are 8,500 evictions in Detroit that will be processed. That means 8,500 people will be homeless. 8,500, not 850, not 50, 8,500 evictions will be processed on July 1st in the city of Detroit. That means people are going to be homeless. My God, thy will be done. Where is the help for the people? Where is the will of the people? Where are the politicians? And the preachers who are marching, what you all going to do about 8,500 people who are about to be evicted? That means they'll be homeless. My God in heaven, crime is going to be out of space. What do you think the police is going to do when people are homeless with their children? They have nowhere to pee. They have nowhere to pull, nowhere to sleep. What do you think the police are going to do? My God, thy will be done. We decided that we wanted our will. Thy will be done. God, help us. Save us from the will of wicked men and wicked women. Save us, oh God, from the will of people who will overcome these people. 8,500, God Almighty. I can't do anything about it, but I'm going to say, thy will be done. We don't have enough capacity to process all these people who will be homeless. What will happen to their children? Human trafficking and sex trafficking on children will be out of control. Thy will be done, oh God. Thy will be done for the people. The people who are voiceless. The people who are homeless. The people who are hopeless. Let the will of God be done on their life. Since the rest of us have the power and we sit in our mansions, and sit on our vaulted pedestal, and we declare that we are fine. Let the will of God be done for the people who have no voice, no hope. You worried about going back to work to get a coronavirus? Thank God you got a job to go back to. There are plenty of people who have no home. You worried about the little house that you live in? It's not big. It's not grand. Don't worry about it. You have somewhere to sleep, somewhere to use the bathroom, somewhere where you can be safe. 
You don't know what's going to happen when people start. The real rioting hasn't started yet when people start rioting because they have no food. They can't use the bathroom. They have no bedroom. They have no dining room. You don't know what's going to happen. Let the will of God be done. So what are you going to say now? We have proclivities. The pandemic shut it all down. You couldn't get out to go to the bars. You couldn't get out to go to the strip clubs. You couldn't get out to go get your smokes on. But you were, I can't live without this. I got to have my vice. I got to have, no, you need the will of God. That's what you need. You need the will of God. The old time preachers were right. We have gone amok with our will. We created a world where children are not safe. Where people snatching children off the streets to have sex with them, grown adults. We call it sex trafficking. Child trafficking. The will of God has to be done in the lives of the people. The people who are voiceless, who can't march with a governor. Who can't, the governor won't even listen if they send them an email. They don't even have the capacity to email. Where are they going to charge their phones? How are they going to remain in contact if they're homeless? Where are they going to receive mail? If they have to change their IDs, how is that going to happen? What address are they going to use? I had a shelter, and I had to, they had to use my shelter's address as their home address to get identification documents. Are you hearing me? Had to get people to Homeland Security and write letters so they could get passports. Are you hearing me, you all? These are real issues. That's what we need to contend ourselves with. People worried about how they're going to fill up their 6,000-seat auditorium. Let the will of God be done. You worried about the NFL playing games? You have enough money to last you for several lifetimes. Let the will of God be done. But play the players. It's not their fault. Do you hear me, America? Do you hear me? You're worried about going to a concert and, oh, my God, I get a tiff if I don't get my hair done and I don't get my French manicure. Sit yourselves down and let the will of God be done. If you had all sat down and waited, I said this at the beginning, we needed one more month when they wanted to reopen in May. Did I not say it? I said one more month and we would be fine. No, you couldn't wait. You had to go get to your barbershop. You had to go get your hair done. You had to go out because I just can't do without my Starbucks. And now here we are, right smack where we've started in the midst of a second wave of a pandemic and then a third wave coming in the fall. Let the will of God be done. Trust the process. I know it's hard. It's tough. I got to go. It's hard and it's tough. And it's something that you can't even imagine. How do you trust a God you can't see? You can't even trust the people you see. You can't even trust the person whom you're sitting beside or the person whom you're laying in bed with. How are you going to trust a God you can't see? You got to go back to the script. Read it again in the book of John. Read it again in the book of Romans and go read Matthew chapter 6 and start praying that prayer and you will understand how you can trust the God. As a matter of fact, wind up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Go back to the beginning. Start at Genesis chapter 1 and see how God delivered everybody who ever called on his name. Sometimes we mistake it. Sometimes even in death we are angry because we're like, how oh, somebody gets sick and they just die because that was deliverance. 
Death is a part of the deliverance. Come on now. George Floyd couldn't sit there anymore. He couldn't breathe. Death became his deliverance. And so a movement started. But that movement has to have purpose. It has to have structure. Otherwise, they're going to shut it all up, wrap it up, tie it up, and you will never get to have another movement again. You've got to get to the script and start praying. Thy will be done. We raised a whole generation of kids who are no millennials, who don't know God. They've never even been inside of a church. They don't know the will of God. You come to them to tell them about God. They tell you, go sit yourself down. Matter of fact, many of them have experiences where when they did go to church, they were raped and molested by preachers, elders, deacons, deaconesses, prophets, prophets, and everybody. Because we all were caught up in our ego, in our will, what I want, what I want to feel good, and destroyed people's lives in the process. I am saying it's time for a change. The change has come. Let the will of God be done. That's his will. That's the only will that is going to change anything is to pray thy will be done. This week, pray thy will be done. Whatever betitles, whatever comes, whatever announcements, whatever pronouncements, whatever you hear them say, whatever comes out of their mouth. Say, thy will be done. If you have to go face a boss who tells you, well, the pandemic affected my business and I got to send you home and you know you can't pay the next rent, you can't pay the next mortgage, say, thy will be done. How is it going to work out? Trust the process. You're not alone. All of us have been there. We've all been in situations. When my marriage was falling apart, I had no money. I had nothing. He locked up all the money. I had nothing. I had to trust God that I would be all right walked through the fire, walked on hot coals, stepped into mud, stepped into the fire. But I had to trust God to this day. I'm still trusting God. I believe God. Thy will be done. So I'm saying to you as we close today, wherever you are on the spectrum, somebody needs to hear this, whatever comes. You're going to the doctor this week. They're about to tell you something. Pray thy will be done. Amen. I pray that will be done. I pray healing into your body. I pray joy unspeakable. I pray peace into our hearts. Let thy will be done. Somebody this week, you're facing an employment challenge? Thy will be done. Trust me. I lived without income and didn't know how I would manage, but I had to trust God. That's why I can tell you, thy will be done. I feel you in a way that I relate to. I feel you with loneliness because you're like, Harriet, I'm just trying. I'm tired of being alone. I'm just trying. Did you hear me say 22 years ago, the Lord told me, this is not the husband I chose for you. Get up out of this stuff. And when I wouldn't move because I feared the future, I didn't know how it would end. The man beat me up. Did I hasten out of it after that? Because I had to trust God that his will be done. I wouldn't leave it. I had to trust God. So hear me clearly. Thy will be done. You're going to have to walk through it. But God is with you through it. You are not alone. If it makes you feel good, Matthew chapter 6 and 10, thy will be done. All of us, look up. Thy will be done. Thank you so much. This is Harriet Kamek. Be blessed, everybody. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Amen.